You're listening to Real Talk on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Here on Reality Check Radio, it's Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Well, our next guest going to be interesting, but I've got a challenge on my uh, on my plate because, as you know, I struggle with names. I struggle with surnames. And just to, um, what's the word, damn me, uh, my producer has given me the task of introducing our guests, and it's Yoshua. Oh, I did it wrong. Yoshua. Mm-hmm. Nerick and Frank Van Stencil, who have wire wrapper Eco Farm, and they're going to tell us all about their farm, what they do on it, and how they got onto it. Frank, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> I can say, Frank. Now, please help me. How do I say Yosha? Yos. Y- okay, so we'll say Yosha. Yosha, and yeah. it's spelt by the way, everyone. It's spelt J O S J E, and it's Dutch, yeah, I, right? Yeah, I always say it's like Josie, except for the I is J. And um, in Holland, so we're originally Dutch, and um, we came here in '92 for our clean and green image and lived the good the the the, the good life. And so Jos is a boy's name. I was kind of a tomboy when I was ah. young. And I changed my name. My real name is different, which I don't tell you. My passport is something else. Yeah. And um, so Jos is a boy's name. And then in, in Dutch, if you put J-E behind a boy's name, it becomes a girl's name. Okay. So you, how do you say it again? Josje. 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 Yes. Joshua. Oh, I can do this, Joshua. Oh, I think I can do this, Joshua. Look, it's a bane in my life, and um, I often get accused of being rude, and I'm trying so hard, so hard, and my mouth goes all funny places. Now, tell us, good morning, tell us, please, all about the wire wrapper eco farm. What is it? Obviously, it's in the wire wrapper, and it's a farm. Yeah, so wire wrapper eco farm stands for W-E-F. Rings a bell? Oh, yes. We we built back better. Oh, (laughs) yes. And we own nothing and be happy. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I own nothing and I'm miserable, so I don't know how it's working out for you. Uh, Well, we got the the fright of our lives when we uh, realized our name was hijacked. (laughs) (laughs) By a German, no less. Yes, by a German. (laughs) Um, So, if you know about the German, then we do the opposite. That's the short Uh, Yeah, that's a good start. (laughs) Whatever the WEF is saying, you do the exact opposite. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes. So we actually do what they say they're going to, they want to be doing. So we're not inverse. Um, so, but now, yeah. So this is this is the thing, Rodney. We end up in, uh, we've ended up in a challenge around words and definitions and science. And um, if I would say we've got a, a small mixed farm, which looks after the environment, looks after the people, looks after the local economy. And it looks after people that feel responsible for their own health. And 
it's based on science because Yoshi and I both studied uh, agriculture and we ended up studying uh, development and sustainable agriculture to be a bit more specific. And um, that uh, we've seen the terminology being changed and the definitions being changed to to our great despair. And now we can't use the proper definitions anymore. No, so there's so been a... We've got an ecological organic farm and it's sustainable. Uh, yeah, and that's what we're doing. Uh, Great. Well, isn't it terrible, though? It happens once you see it. You see it happening all, of the, all around you where good yeah. causes get hijacked. Yeah. Yeah. And they take so, the words yeah. and they spout the words and you suddenly realize that you're thinking these people, you're making great progress because these people have come on your side, these powerful organizations and corporations, and then suddenly you're realizing that their objective isn't your objective. Their objective is money and power. Yeah. And, and it's our, terribly, and our... terribly disappointing. Yeah. Yes, it is. And our objective always was and still is to take responsibility for looking after the environment, uh, the plants and animals, uh, the and in that way grow quality food and raise a family that uh, is healthy and um, can raise a family and that is healthy and can raise a family <laughs> that is healthy. So it's on a continuous basis. And we prize ourselves lucky that we went this way because we now have raised a family on the basis of true sustainability and um, virtually the kids eat off the land. They eat our soil, basically, and yes. they've never seen a doctor. They don't know what a doctor is. How so old are they? Kids. How old are they? We've got four kids. 30, 28, 20, and 17. Uh, so there was a gap in between. And um, the youngest is year 12, Haku, here in town. Um, yeah, we were two weeks in New Zealand in 92 when I got pregnant. So it's wow. a very fertile country. So yeah, that's how it all started country. off, our, our journey. Those Kiwi Zealand. guys are good at it, eh? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, we're still a Dutch. Um, uh, and then we have recently got our first um, grandchild, our mandated grandchild, kind of, uh, because our youngest daughter of 20 couldn't go to the doctor on, and get the services she needed to find out what was happening. And uh, and then kind of life starts growing and we've, we've got to be with all the most proud grandparents. Um, right. Yeah. But um, it, yeah. Was a, it was a bit of a. No, it was more than a hassle. It was pure discrimination, really. But but okay. <laughs> yeah. Tell me, she couldn't. She sorry, she couldn't. Yeah, there's lots of there's lots, lots of, of side roads we can take. There's lots of different stories, <laughs> but the, um, maybe going back. So 
We no, start with the farm. I want to know about the farm. Yeah, Tell no, me about the farm. the farm. What is it? What? So, it, how big is it? Um, what do you grow there? Where is it? So we call it. We call the farm is soil and soil based living. That's what we call it. We, yes. And um, uh, and it's based on what on this on the science that we found that uh, promotes uh, sustainable agriculture or agroecology. Now, yes. uh, agroecology, um, all, all the um, trendy farm things of the last 30, 40 years, like organic, uh, uh, biological, uh, permaculture, food forest, all that stuff is based on agroecology. Yes, and I got a I got a soil science degree, but I also got a background in agroecology in, yes. within my soil science degree, and I'm also as a soil scientist um, got drawn into soil biology. Um, yes, that's this is an interesting topic to go into as well. But our so that's our so our farm is based on my on inviting microbial communities. That grow plants, no, that grow soil, that grow plants, that grow animals, and that grow healthy people, mm. and and in that sense, uh, moderate the, the 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 local conditions or the weather to invite more life and living, and in that concept, you actually create abundance. While our education seems to teach us that scarcity is the way of economic living. And hmm. that puts fear into people, and now I'm getting sidetracked. Uh, it's tell easy me what, to what, get sidetracked. Of course. Well, there's so much to get sidetracked about, and we love the sidetracks. Tell me, what do you grow on the farm? Everything in small quantities. So um, maybe we should start with uh, how we got to start the okay. farm and how we got here. So okay, we met at university and we studied tropical agriculture in the Netherlands. It used to be called the um, school, colonial school, the colonial school, where kind of Dutch farm managers would go to Indonesia and Suriname to the Dutch colonies and run plantations, and run plantations, coffee plantations, citrus plantations, etc. And in the eighties, when we were there, um, it became went it, it had developed from the real colonialist type of work to more aid work and we ended up in central america and um, we lived there for a bit and we ended up we, we worked with very in, in very rural um uh situations and we found out that actually the aid work it all sounded really nice um, actually was more doing more harm than good for the social structure of the, the people. And we felt that if we were going to be uh, doing that kind of work. We needed to um, stay there. Stay there. And instead of as a consultant come in, do it for two years, go to the next project. And because they, consultants come in, they say, oh, throw your sustainable traditional systems aboard, take on the Western way of uh, agriculture. Industrialized farming. Industrialized. Corporate, corporate farming. Exactly. And, and um, it was more, it became a, a, a 
um, a number game. Like there were like eight organizations mm. in the same small region working and they were all fighting to get the, the, the... They were either bribing people to join their project or they were uh, um, bribing or, or coercing them into their projects. And, and, uh, and of course, in a fun, funny way, you would feel when you look back on it now, I guess, like a marketing arm for industrial pesticides and fertilizers. Exactly. 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 And then they would say to the government, for example, the Honduran governments, okay, the Dutch government will give you so much money and aid, but in return for that, in order to get that money, you'll have to take Shell on to supply you with petrol or something, or mm. Philips has to be able to build a, a factory, or, you or the Americans would say you have to take on these cars, and those Americ like American cars, and they weren't absolutely not uh, oh suited for the for the, for the region. Oh my and, goodness! Yeah. So we decided we didn't want to be part of that, and so we thought we'd go and look for a country we can immigrate to, and uh, where we feel safe, uh, where the economy and the political system and everything is, is is stable, where we can put our roots down, where we can start a family, and um, well, show by doing, live the example farm okay. kind of. We, we instead of coercing people what to do, we we we'd seen there that really instead of telling people what you do is wrong and uh, use our fertilizers and our seeds. Um, you just hang over the fence and talk to the neighbor and show off yeah. how. How, luck how lucky you are. <laughs> right. We're talking here on Rally Check Radio. It's Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. We're talking to Yoshi and Frank. We're talking about the Wire Wrapper Eco Farm. And what an amazing story about going to Honduras. So was it the experience in Honduras that changed you, or had you been thinking that way in university? Um, we knew that something wasn't quite right. Um, I, I personally have always had trouble with the educational system as well. Yes. Um, and and in the university, I ended up getting really interested, which was unusual for me, actually. But I, I got really interested, but I also got really dissatisfied with what they offered. I already got kicked out of uh, teachers' training school because they were trying to teach us how to teach, and they didn't know how to teach themselves, basically. Yes. So um, but I, I got really interested in, into the soil stuff and they talked about soil chemistry and they talked about soil physics and wow, that's really interesting and how this works. And you got this diffuse double layer around clay that makes sure that plants get nutrients, et cetera, et cetera. And I kept on thinking, this is too mechanical. Something's missing, something's missing. And then uh, in the last, uh, in the second year, we got an hour on soil biology. And in that hour on soil biology, I got um, goosebumps listening to the story because there was the missing bit. They were talking about um, um, uh, uh, actually, they were actually talking about creating life out of minerals. It, and that was the soil biology. But you didn't get much detail and it was an hour and you never heard of it again. 
Um, My so goodness, I, it's a it's a bit like medicine where you get an hour on nutrition, right? It's not a bit like medicine. It's exactly the same, and you get exactly. the, and you get the same uh, fast concept around uh, uh, materialistic uh, um, endorsements and regulators that. Um, well, you, you you get the same propaganda. It's the and it's the same people, Rodney. It's yes. the FDA that it's the FDA that set the trend in the world. It's the um, American uh, food regulation, food regulation, and uh, the FDA. And what's the other one? The 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 same ones for the for pharmaceutical industry. The, the so Farm the Bureau, role. the Department of Agriculture. They keep yeah. changing their names, but we know. Yes. And I mean, these yeah. bureaucracies. And politics, um, particularly in the big jurisdictions, get corrupted by money, uh, not necessarily corrupt, but possibly corrupt, but just, you know, giving money and lobbying. And so even the food pyramid and the development aid becomes a subsidy to corporations, right? It does, it exactly. Does. Yeah, and we didn't want to be part of that. So, we... and that, so, so over the years, that became pretty clear, and it and unfolded in front of our eyes. And when uh, you're in Honduras, you could see it. Yes, yeah. yes, you could, and you could see the social economic angle quite clearly as well. Now, in New Zealand, you can see it quite clearly as well, and it's the same trend as all over the the rest of the world. We get a focus on on growth, and. Uh, we get because of the economic system uh, hollowing out of the uh, educational system, hollowing it out of the social system, hollowing out of the rural countryside, um, uh, hollowing out of the uh, health system because the health system is no longer a health system; it's more a, uh, a sickness system that promote that pushes uh, uh, chemical solutions. Um, uh, you, the only thing left to do. Is to lead by example and show and uh, and and create local opportunities to live uh, uh, um, a responsible and a healthy lifestyle on the basis of what's supposed to be the cornerstone of uh, the local economy as a producing farm that produces food. And of course, for all of our human existence since we started farming that's the way we've done it yeah until i guess we industrialized had petrochemicals had a science that i love science i think science is the greatest thing in the world but a lot of what you see as science that's presented as science has a hubris to it, doesn't it? Has this, has this so, arrogance. So yes. I, th I think it's, it's about time that we in New Zealand have a discussion between science and scientism. Um, now, everybody has his own definitions about science. To me, science yes. is... To me, science is... Um, Exploring the truths and finding solutions in a, in a, in an objective way. Yes. Um, um, I'll give you I'll I'll give you an example, and and it's and it serves public good, and this is 
and we are uh and from that point of view we are sort of missing the boat lately because what's dominating is uh is 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 quite different what i and many other people call scientism and that's uh um a science that has been taken over by uh by by corp by corporate and money and it, the obvious example is is the following rodney if i may because um we've had this recent his historic event that talk that's put the focus on immune systems well it should have put the focus on immune systems and it didn't now the, the key example to, for that is uh, is the sun and vitamin d and the the and the structure water that creates in the body now those are scientifically based uh statements but you never heard of it and and those scientifically based statements are made by organizations that are independent researchers they are, they, they they don't they are not pushing any sort sort or form of uh products to make money they just share they're trying to share that because it increases good health the opposite the opposite side of that is you have another influence of the sun that's being noticed by science which is called skin cancer or melanoma and that is re relatively well pushed forward because over the last 10 15 years more and more people are doing the what's what's the terminology slap and slap and stick or something slap yeah. and slop stuff now that's also scientific based but it comes with some form of bias by the researchers because they really want to sell the produce now that's that sort of science seems to dominate the media the other science doesn't dominate the media and in my view one science is called science and the other one is scientism because it's turned into a belief system that believes in profit rather than any uh, rather than uh, human health well i it, i um I concur with you 100% um, because science has been corrupted by government money and corporate money, and the one that pays the money uh, gets results. And I've seen this over and over again where government gets a bear in its bonnet and then funds research to this end. And... Um, you don't get results by proving the government wrong. You don't get money for proving the government wrong on a something, and you don't get money for proving the corporation wrong. And so they become lackeys. And, of course, we've seen the same thing with the media and how they're funded. It's extraordinary. And no, until COVID came along, um, I thought the media was sort of biased, but I didn't think they were totally corrupt. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, and of course, the yeah. immune the immune system is a perfect analogy for the soil because here's this immune system and the soil system, which we don't 
begin to comprehend and understand and we treat it so disrespect, res, disrespectfully and it's always, the answer is always sort of like a binary thing. Oh, your soil's not well. Put some of this chemical on. Oh, your body's not well. Here, take this. And rather than appreciating the complexity, the incredible, wonderful, mysterious complexity, which science is helping us to understand, but it's not like a, it's not a mechanical system, is your point, right? That's what you said. No, it's not. It's not a mechanical system. And when you have these people saying over COVID, oh, yes, it's safe and effective, and you're stupid if you can't see that, they're not scientists. They're propagandists, clearly. Yep. Because they can't know, right? They can't know that. Well, they can, they can't. Um, yeah. Um yeah, so Frank has always been saying, like when he gives a workshop or a, or a course, kind of, we've been treating, how do you say it? Oh, we've been treating people like animals we've, and animals like plants and plants like soil and soil like dirt. While ah, that's a great other, way. It should be the other way around. We should be, we should be treating dirt like soil and then it becomes soil. We should be treating soil like plants and then they become plants we should be treating plants like animals and then they become animals and we should be treating and treating animals like human beings and human beings should move up to become angels <laughs> yeah now, now we're getting spiritual <laughs> <laughs> well it's an but interesting thing because um when you see and i'm not dishing farmers i think farmers are amazing but when you see soil on a big farm it's dead right yep yeah and it's regarded as a reciprocal to hold a plant up to which you apply nitrogen phosphorus um and in my mind's gone um npk nutrients you, nutrients. you apply nutrients now the irony is there's 64 nutrients that we've recognized by now so which yes. is Pretty much the whole of the periodic table are nutrients, yes. <laughs> which is um, pretty logical because that's what the Earth is made of, and we are made of the Earth. Um, this, this, this is, yeah, logic dictates all this sort of stuff, and yeah. science proves it. So, and we have had in industrialized corporate uh, agriculture in the beginning after the World Wars when they. Um, needed to find new uh, um, outlets for the for their factories, they discovered that some of those things they produced for the war machines actually made plants grow as <laughs> made plants grow as well. But yeah. that, so we can we can focus on those. Uh, but the thing was that were only a few elements and you need 64. Now and then you need the 64 in the right ratio. So you need some of this, and, and then at the same time you need some of that, and then at the same time you need some of that. So it's a very complex design. You, you as a farmer, being convinced by the product pushes that uh, one, two, three, four, or 12 elements put on your soil is going to rectify your problem if, if well, 
then is, that is a fallacy, even if the diagnosis has been correct. And diagnosing a soil comes with a whole lot of other challenges as well. So, yes, it's, um, it's quite, you can't blame the farmers. No. They've been guided down the wrong track because of the scientific. So with, yes. So you came to your farm and started with the soil. I did. Yes. So and what I, did what did that mean in practical terms? In practical terms, it means that you have to acknowledge that the soil is not just the top 10 centimeters, it's everything below it, and you want to make sure that it becomes inviting for life as deep as possible. Um, so what makes the soil work is moderate conditions, conditions that are conducive to life, and everybody can actually determine what, which, what, which those conditions are, just by thinking about it, but there's scientific scientism behind that. So you make sure you got air, water, warmth or sunlight penetrating the soil as far as possible. And the, the job is to get life in the soil, to get the microbial populations and the insects that depend on the microbial populations, like the worms and everything in the soil. You basically create an environment or a habitat that, that invites them. And then you have to grow a plant community on top of it that enhances that as well. So just growing grass might be nothing wrong with just growing grass, but the fact of the matter is it it's only sets roots in the, in the top 30, 40 centimeters. So that is limiting the exp exploration of life in the soil. So what we did is make sure that the exploration of life in the soil got done to a significant depth. Now, the original landscape here was uh, podocarp forest. So um, having taken away the podocarp forest would a mean... A long time ago, that is. Yet, well, having taken away the podocarp forest would mean that the soil on a deeper level will start to lose life and become rigid. So that's that's a uh, in, in in biological terms, it's you have a mature system and you set it back into a, a, a juvenile system, and the soil becomes rigid again. So if you leave nature to it, it will recover. But you can support that yourself by increasing more mature characteristics into the system, and that's basically what we've done. What what does it mean to introduce mature characteristics into the system? What what did you um, do? I, so I I gave a description of what we did, and then I get I, I put the terminology behind it. So it means that you create. Now we're talking about the soil. You create uh, more warmth in the soil. You create more moisture in the soil. You create more air in the soil, and you and you make sure it it's being created on a deeper and deeper and deeper level, and every. And 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 that will be followed by plant life. So the plant life will go in deeper and deeper. So grasses do the top. Then you got herbaceous uh, uh, plants that do go deeper than that. And then you got shrubs that go deeper than that. And then you got uh, trees that go deeper than that. So we've introduced all that 
in in the first year and then we basically let it evolve and then that moderates the whole environment basically it takes the away it takes away the extreme of the wind it takes away the extreme of the sun it takes away the extremity of too much water it takes away the extremity of not enough water so so it's it's a bit like the um What, how to, uh, this is this beer that gets uh, is pudding and it's not too hot and not too cold. It's oh, yes, Goldilocks. Goldilocks. Yeah, so basically, it's the Goldilocks principle. You 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 create the right conditions for life. In other words, you create the right terrain for the microbes, the plants, and animals to flourish. So is, your your animals say would be walking amongst grass shrubs and trees to get basically yes and life into the soil rather than just grass yes yeah so so you could the other way of uh, sharing this is in ecological terms is you increase diversity mm. yeah now yeah. the thing is that you have to because um, this landscape that we took on, we took it on on purpose because we traveled around in New Zealand and we thought on the basis of what we have learned and seen and experienced that there was a, a, a poor, well, we thought that the, the potential was being underexplored and not acknowledged. Yeah? Yeah. So New Zealand could have been the food basket of the southern hemisphere, of the world, if you wanted to. And this has been promoted, but uh, never really took off because it, it looks like um, the uh, free ecological services are not being appreciated. And the, and the main reason is because media doesn't push it out because the media is being sponsored by the fertilizer pushers, etc., uh, etc. Et so my story, I could never share it. I, I never had an audience because there was soon... So I, I used to be a farm advisor next to running my own farm. Uh, and in that capacity, I also became... Um, I met your colleague, Ken Sh Sh Shippey. Oh, Ken, you know, Ken yes, Ken Shirley. Shirley yes. Sh Shippey, that's another... He was your uh, boss, wasn't he? For yeah so uh, i yeah uh, that's another story <laughs> um where was i you were saying about how you couldn't share your story because you know the media wouldn't run your story yeah, so i i tried writing articles i set up an advisory service uh and i did pretty well but because when i go to people i I'm pretty good in explaining what's going on, and um, I'm socially well adjusted. So, I, on a one-on-one -on -one basis, I was uh, very successful, and I, I made a decent living out of it as well. But the fact of the matter is, and I, so I pushed myself as an independent researcher, thinking that that would make a difference. But I think people don't realize what independent means nowadays anymore. Anyway, yeah. um, so, but soon as I leave the farm, the next day, 
the uh, product pushers come in and they share the opposite story again. So it's the repeating the message is uh, is actually winning from the public good message that e that eco ecology serves you and it will serve the planet and it will serve the future of your family as well. So. Um, and you said it must feel and like. Then I thought I'd do it in a bigger organization. So I got involved with the organic sector and uh, I got reasonably successful in that as well because I ended up writing the content, the scientific content for the boss man, which for a while was Ken Shirley. And I, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> and, I th and we were just about. Uh, setting up a whole advisory service uh, and research service across New Zealand and then um, the organic sector shot itself in the foot by uh, internal um, uh, I would I, I think it was jealousy I'm not I'm not I'm not sure anyway it, it, it was really really nice project and Ken Ken left which was a pity in a way because he opened doors uh, but that would have been, that was a nice project, and it would have been nice if to, if that would have come through. But then I ended up going back farming and uh, focusing on what I what I sh shared before, creating diversity, growing soil, growing plants, growing animals, and we've now reached the stage. Uh, oh, we 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 made a little documentary. Or some people made a little documentary that went viral across the world. So every year we get a, a bunch of people coming to wanting to learn uh, about uh, the way we farm and the way we. Oh, how wonderful! Food. Yeah, and so that's and we wanted to turn that into a formal uh, institute, but then uh, the governmental overreach happened around COVID. And people couldn't get in and out of the country anymore, and that made, sort of made it impossible for us to formalize it. So that so we're now in the in in a, in the phase of formalizing it. But for 10, 12 years, we've grown uh, food for about 100, 120 families, and we serve them a diet, and that diet was based on the diet of the soil. To keep the soil diverse, you need to grow diversity. But to keep people healthy, you need to grow diversity as well. Because if you grow potato after potato after potato, the soil gets bored and it dies. If you eat potato after potato after potato on, at, at the dinner table, um, you end up on the couch and you get round it and you also die of boredom. You, so that's the simplicity of it. So you need diversity. And we've grown that for 15 odd years, uh, two families. But um, yeah, the governmental overreach sort of disturbed all that process, and we're now reinventing ourselves a little bit. It's a it's a funny thing. Um, I I started out as an environmentalist and uh, realized what you did too, and I realized that our leading environmentalists were political first and environmental second. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it's a tricky bit with all those subsidies and, and, and having to write proposals to get money to do your project. Yeah. Because in the end, 
you write more the projects for even though you probably start off you, you, with a good intention because of the hunt for money to keep on going and going and going and for your employees and for that this and that you end up writing towards what the government wants and yeah instead of what's really the issue yeah so basically is it fair to say that you're farming like we've always farmed but with yeah. the understanding that science provides as to why you're doing it that's 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 a fair call it's our farm is modeled after the middle northern european farm and yes. that was a mixed farm and uh, and it was based on diversity as well it 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 honored soil plants and animals uh, and 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 we are now uh doing things uh supported by science and that made things a whole lot of easier because you uh by doing theoretical homework, you can prevent practical mistakes, and it saves time. It saves a lot of time. Uh, it, yeah, we are. Uh, we were very lucky with the education we had, and we are very lucky that we recognize what science is and the difference between scientism. Uh, um, but we we had to learn the hard way as well because I was going to become a research scientist and I was going to find the secret of soil, which I did find, but I was going to find it in in, in science uh, in the meantime all, all, a lot of other people have found it and we can still use that knowledge and we put it into practice and because of that uh, we've got now proof of concept on this farm um, and anybody who's uh, willing to have a good scientific look at it can come and take the data from here and uh, and and become convinced by themselves so you have been 30 years on that farm yes it started off as a piece of grass and um now you're in the middle of a, 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 a it's food it's forest it's paradise not food forest food <laughs> forest is just terminology it's paradise rotney i'm looking at the pictures on your web page and i agree with you yes we don't How? need to go anywhere else no tell me soil is the most amazing thing. Yep. Now, is your soil now, I don't know how to word this, so correct me if I get it wrong. Is your soil now in a mature state or is it still evolving? Y yes. That's a very good question, Rodney, and this is, this is the limitation of people is that we live about 80 to 100 years yeah yes. now in that respect uh that's very short if you compare it to the life cycle of a soil because the life cycle of a soil is is takes takes eons and eons now but you can literally uh, detect the same trend of the soil being born a soil growing up and the soil being mature and resilient for a long time and uh, and then it basically becomes old and dies and becomes rigid like you go to central australia 
that's the example of an old rigid soil. Virtually nothing, nothing grows there. Now, do uh, all soils get there? No. S soils are sometimes being disrupted by catastrophes and they don't mature, just like any other critter. So if you are not able to see uh, the characteristics of describing uh, being born, being young and dynamic, and being uh, uh, adolescent and, and, uh, in, and then growing to maturity, this, that these are characteristics, that th those are descriptions. And they apply from microbial colonies in petri dishes to large-scale landscapes and continents and everything in between. And um, obviously, we all know that mature people tend to do the right thing. And children, they, you can't give them a knife and let them run around with it unsupervised because they don't have, they don't, they don't, they don't have that responsibility the responsibility feeling yet. So all that happens, all those characteristics can be seen back in the landscape as well. Now, your question was, where are we? Um, this, the soil that we're on was mature, but Europeans and Maoris set it back in time and turned it into juvenile. And, and, and in that situation, it becomes more competitive oriented while mature is cooperation cooperation oriented so we are moving away from that competitive system into a more cooperative mature system again by having introduced all that diversity that i discussed earlier and are are we mature yet no but we're a hell of a lot better than we were 20 years ago when we started and we can see that because as a farm at Pfizer, and knowing about soils, I knew about certain uh, worms that are keystone um, uh, uh, species in, in the soils development that are really, really important. And I had trouble finding any significant numbers on the farms that I visited. We now here turn over a spade of soil, and there's 20 of them. Um, and sometimes wow. you can turn over soil here and the soil basically moves. You look at it, the soil moves. You find Please. farms like that, they are very, very rare. Um, so we're, we're not mature, mature, but we're maturer than the property next to us. And if you start looking at and comparing the property next to us with us, then we have uh, sequestered far more carbon we produce far better and more food and we emit less greenhouse gases and um it, this is this is for the people that are climate change driven i'm not i'm environmentally driven uh, but it's all important characteristics that increase resilience and regulation on the farm so we are creating a balance between growth and regulation on the farm. So we do not have pests and diseases. We have little uh, outbreaks of uh, whatever it is, and then it gets controlled by another critter that jumps on it and lives off it. So mm. there's no explosions of 
pests and diseases or weeds or stuff like that. Now, do we? Uh, does it mean it's we we are like work free or anything? No, we still got to work and guide the system. But it's uh, a whole lot more peaceful. There's and think oh this is this is probably key to success is having faith in nature. My faith in nature is based on science and my experience. Mm. And it's interesting, isn't it? We because not, we do not we do not panic. We do not grab anything off the shelf to uh, go out and kill stuff because we know that nature will restore itself. And else we know how to help nature to restore itself. Sorry, Rodney. No, it's it's that wonderful thing of living within the system rather than on top of it. Yeah, yes. And and the within is absolutely crucial in every form and way. Yes. Now you mentioned uh in your on your webpage, which I highly commend to people, just Google Wire Rapper Eco Farm. You mentioned uh Three gentlemen, uh, let me find this. It was Rudolf Steiner, Stuart Hill, um, and I've lost the other one. They, I, I've heard of Rudolf Steiner. I'm afraid yeah. I don't know anything about him much, and I'd never heard of Stuart Hill, and I've lost the other name. It was I'll, right I'll, I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to raise your interest. And I can't do anything else. I'm going to raise your interest in Rudolf Steiner. In, in Rudolf Steiner, Rodney. Oh, Infred Fleifer. Ian Fred. Infred. Yeah, you tell me. Ian Fred Pfeiffer. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so Rudolf Steiner. I'll, I'm going to be brief about that. In the 1920s, he wrote about what we just went through. He wrote about the vaccine, and he wrote that the vaccine. Is going to be destroying the soul of humanity. He wrote that, and, and, and in great detail. He wrote a whole lot more, and he was a very insightful person. Uh, um, and uh, I think he, when I wasn't being in teachers' training college, I got upset with my teachers because they didn't, they didn't. They wanted to teach me how to teach, but they didn't know how to teach themselves. And what opened my eyes is when they started talking about Rudolf Steiner's teaching methods. And that made a whole lot of sense. So, so that's two examples of Steiner. Anybody interested in life and living and how we take humanity forward and make sure that our kids got a pleasant future, uh, it. It, it's probably worthwhile spending some time uh, researching Rudolf Steiner. Ehrenfried Pfeiffer was one of the first biochemists, and he clarified a whole lot of stuff to me. And what he clarified to me was that, yes, science is important. Yes, chemistry is important. Yes, physics is important. But chemistry... And physics, you can only do in a lab. It's 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 lateral. It's you put A and B together, and you always get C. And it's not living. And you can, but if you introduce biology, which is biochemistry, it's the biology and chemistry, 
then you find the living. And this is where uh, physics and chemistry becomes alive. And that's, uh, and it's being governed by the biology. Now, who are the governors of biology? These are the microbial communities that live in the soil, live around the plant roots, live in the guts and skin surface of animals, live in the guts and skins of, and, 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 and tissue of people, and all of them are related. Yeah? We used to think, and this is another error in, 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 in science, that the genes were very important and they determined everything. But the fact of the matter is we have more DNA from the microbes in our body than our own body. And it turns out that the microbes in our body, in the animal's body, and in the plant's body, and in the soil, actually govern life. They make you grow, and they regulate health. So that was uh, Elfried Pfeiffer, and then Stuart Hill. Stuart Hill is an entomologist, basically, and an ecologist. And he is, was one of the leaders, scientific leaders of uh, the organic movement. And he basically uh, teamed up ecology with uh, psychology. And he's written some uh, and, uh, marvelous papers. And he started a university on uh, uh, psychological ecology or ecological, uh, yeah. And mm, in that sense, he's been a great pusher of um, uh, the within living and showing that because people have trauma from their childhood, um, uh, we acted out on nature and have a negative impact on nature. Uh, and it's also the story that enhances the juvenile mature ecosystems approach very enlightening as well so if, like if a if a listener was listening like me where would you recommend our start is there like a really good introductory book to this farming uh, yeah, um, er, um, yes, there are. There are good books. Um, it's um, oh, Rodney. <laughs> um, I there are good books, and I, I just mentioned three people that were important in my education, and they were book writers because that was the period they wrote books. Nowadays, there's a bunch of others that are using the website. And and that's this has been going on for 10, 15 years, no longer 20. But um, these are the people that tend to get uh, censored. Uh. So, so one of the challenges that we face is that we need to set up an alternative internet in which we can freely communicate and discuss what needs to be discussed uh, on experience like we have on the farm. And there's people like Zach Bush, um, Elaine Ingham, um, 
Um, uh, gosh, what's his name? Bruce Lipton. Um, uh, I I should publish. Um, yeah, one of the things I should be doing is publish a, a list of people that are still accessible on YouTube and stuff. Although um, I think within a couple of months or years, that's going to be tricky. Like I said, we need to start working on an alternative internet system. If anybody's doing that, please let me know. I'll join. And because actually, funny enough, while you were talking, I was Googling these people and it all pops up that, you know, ah. Oh, it starts off, oh, yes, they're doing things like, you know, integrative uh, farming or ecological. Yeah, they're all then, being marginalized. And then it says occultist, uh, disinformation, misinformation, pseudoscience. Yeah. And it's the thing that gets tossed at everyone who questions a narrative. Exactly. So, so by the I... way, when you look at these people, the pictures of good health, right? <laughs> and, and and when you look at these WEF characters and these health experts from America, they're the opposite of pictures of good health. Yeah, you you look at George Soros and 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 old Mr. Rockefeller and man, yeah. they, they're they're scared of shit out of you. <laughs> now, Yoshi, I want to bring you in now because. That was great, but I want to learn about Rodney. Maybe, just just, one, just right? one moment, because yes. she's got a habit of walking away when I. Oh, start that's talking. all right, because you were talking. That, because I I take a long time. <laughs> wives, all wives walk away when the men are talking, right? So just, got, just a second. They've had that. Um, they've had that experience of the men getting on their topic, and they think I've heard this <laughs> yeah. a million times. I've got to take a breath. Uh, I'm not even sure where she is. Don't worry. She'll be out feeding the chooks. You can help me, Frank. Tell me about raising four children on this farm. Ooh. Right. So, um, well, you get raised yourself. Remember that, Rodney? Yes. And there's all there's, there's things you like about your childhood and things you don't like about your childhood. What I didn't like about my childhood was the the peer pressure of my family. I I grew up in a large uh, in a large family. My father was one of fourteen, and if I farted in the morning, you know, the whole town would know it in the afternoon. Yes. Yeah, so we we were all living in the same area, and I had my own ideas, and I teamed up with Yoshi because she had similar ideas and she had a similar sort of experience. So what we decided is um, if we want to do things our way, um, we're going to have to move away from from the uh, peer review system that, that we had locally. So hence the reason we ended up in New Zealand. Now, we, we, we being on your own has advantages and disadvantages. The advantage is you can raise your kids any way you like. Uh, so we did that the best we could with our own ideas. Um, and um, uh, you make mistakes. You, you, just, you, you just can't beat yourself up about that. Um, but overall, we 
we are really happy because the four kids that we've raised, uh, we are very proud of them. We probably don't say that often enough, but my God. Um, like I said, they have a mind of their own. They have an immune system of their own, and they're pretty independent. Um, uh, they have a future, and I'm going to make sure that uh, the example we've been giving here is going to be carrying on. Hmm. Do you that, think was that was that the question was that the question or no? You did well. I, I I I'm interested in particular. They must have had an amazing lifestyle growing up, literally in nature, and yes. in the system that was feeding them and sustaining them. Well, in, in the beginning, it was pretty barren here, so we were pretty exposed. But um, yes, it's it's uh, it, it it's been pretty good. And also too. And I noticed on your webpage you quoted one of my heroes, and it's my nutrition bible, Weston A. Price. Ah, yeah, yeah. So you 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 listen to Tom? I don't Tom know. Cowan? No. No. So Tom is one of the lead persons in um, uh, in 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 the organization, together yes. with uh, Sally Falloon, and yes. he's been, he's been writing a book books about. Uh, uh, health and health issues. He's a he comes out of the Steiner corner as well, and yes. he's a pretty pretty interesting person. So I would put him, I would add him to the list of people to follow as well. Okay, Tom we're going to Tom Cohen. I'll make a list and we'll put them up. If you could send us the list of people and we'll put it up with this um, show so people can find it. And yep. but what I realized um, is how it's a terrible thing to say kids these days but how we've let our children down yep with their nutrition yep and you can't help but think how yep. much of the issues we see with young people today particularly um mental what they call mental health issues yep are nutrition related yep so I I read Western A Price before I had children and raised yep. my children on Western A Price principles, albeit yep. I wasn't a gardener then or yep. a farmer, but I, you know, followed him to a T. Yeah. Which, as you and I will both note, is just a traditional diet. Yes. <laughs> it's nothing special in a funny way, right? It's, um, it's actually very special. Yes. <laughs> and because it's 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 fresh and soil based. Yes. Um locally soil based and that and um which makes it very special. Yes, but it's historically how we lived. That's that's very true. And you only have to go back two or three generations and they were yes. way better off than we are now. Um yes. and, and you will you will see that they didn't need statins and all that sort of no. stuff to, to stay mentally on top of things because we really don't have a stat statins deficiency or or or, or even a uh, Panadol deficiency. It's, no. it's food-related no. or water-related. So with your children, and like because you, it's hard to be objective about your own children, but that nutrition, having a 
good diet for kids growing up, you actually can see the difference. Yes, you can. Yoshi's back, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Yoshi. Yeah. I'm getting your name right, Yoshi. Yeah, yeah. No, that's pretty no, no. I know, I know when Frank gets talking, you think I've heard this before and you leave. I'm discussing the raising of your children, yeah. with the oldest being 30. Yeah. And that they have been raised in this amazing environment where they lived within nature. They got to interact with animals and plants and soil. They got to eat healthy, nutritious food and to understand where food comes from. Yeah. That must have been an amazing experience raising them. Yes. Yes, it was. Uh, it is. And just now looking back, um, the, the, but I think back the best decisions we've made, and I'm so glad that I've, because I wasn't so convinced as Frank was in the beginning, especially when our youngest was born, we were just, we had just immigrated to New Zealand. We were two weeks here. I got pregnant and kind of it set your life. It was already upside down because we traveled to the other side <laughs> of the world, Yeah, but kind of another tumble in the, in the machine. And, um, um, yeah, we, we, we talked about things and, um, we already were pretty much on an organic or ecological pathway, finding, trying to find solutions there. And so one of the first things we decided was not to immunize. Uh, so none of our kids have been immunized and they've had never had like our oldest one of 30. I don't think she ever had a, uh, well, they never had antibiotics. Um, and, um, Paracetamol or Panadol or whatever it's called, uh, it's also not something that's standard in the cupboard. Yes. And um, now looking back, especially after 2020, like the non-immunization thing has been so, um, I'm so glad we made a decision and I trusted Frank on that. In the meantime, I've done more research myself. And and then just having the access to raw milk, uh, yogurt, fermented foods, uh, organic ingredients, and just straight away eating out of the garden, like the carrots and stuff. Eating the dirt when you're a baby, like soil, a, soil, soil. Sorry, yeah, eating soil. The soil. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's such a standard thing to say, isn't it? Yes. But for for little kids, like even our grandson now, to kind of. Uh, play in the mud and the dirt and, and eat soil. soil. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, I can just see him getting that balance that he needs to uh, be. Uh, he is a healthy boy, but to, to become that healthy man. Um, yeah. It's so interesting. And um, the thing you wonder about now is so much of this I don't even know the right phrase because I feel as I'm falling into the narrative I'd never heard of the phrase related to children before but they talk about it all the time now mental health and I know that's yeah. not the right word to use um I, but I call it I call it mental I, I started calling it mental hygiene mental hygiene yes that's a good way but you know what I mean these kids that yeah, we yeah. have are so 
anxious, hyper. Some of it, a lot of it could is possibly the phones and the internet. Yeah. But also you think the diet, they actually don't look well nourished. Um, yeah. And okay, this is a discussion that needs to be had. So it's not just that we are not getting the minerals that we are supposed to be getting in the right quantity. The other side of the coin is, is that we have introduced into the environment a whole lot of uh, raw oil-based products that disrupt the endocrine system, which disrupt the hormone system, which makes people confused. Yes. And, and there's plenty of scientific material around that, like PFAS and microplastics and how that uh, has impacts on the hormone system, but we don't seem to be allowed to talk about that and discuss that anymore. Isn't that extraordinary? Like you get to one level where you say, oh, um, I was more horrified because I thought the internet was so great and I didn't even, I didn't believe, <laughs> I didn't believe people when they were saying to me, oh, you know, it's being obliterated because I'm not on social media, but I read it if you follow me, that this yeah, is yeah. being, this is being throttled or this is being taken down. And I thought to myself, they'd never do that, right? Yeah. And then yeah. you realize the extent I, I, yeah, of the I, manipulation. I, yeah. The I've, last... realized, I've realized that it, it's been going on for such a long time. And yes. I, couldn't put a, I couldn't put a finger on it. And it kept on growing in power and power and power. And um, when I was, was uh, running around as an advisor, I learned about the FDA and the EMA in in, in in America and they, they their impact on the rest of Western society. And it it was a rolling door of people going from corporates to to government. the to the government to back in the into the FDA. And they allowed stuff that was scientifically horrendous. Yes. And from that time onwards, I I I see politicians talking and overpromising or in other words lying and 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 really it's it's you if you turn on the old media it's full of propaganda there's nothing nothing factual or or science based from my perspective on there anymore whatsoever mm. it's um we need a, a, a new media and so reality check man was i pleased that that initiative got started it was far too late in my view but bless you people for doing it oh you're so uh, kind well yeah. isn't it wonderful too to be really good talking about chickens soil gardening producing food and not all this theater of clicks, politics, um, car crash, um, something terrible over here. Where, where, where you feel as though you're becoming in a science fiction movie where you're just clicking on, clicking on, clicking on. And I love it when we get on 
Rally Check Radio and you're talking about basic stuff. You know yes. what I mean? Real yeah. stuff. I mean, growing food, and it's not about agreeing on how you should grow food or Rudolf Steiner had, had all the answers, but this discussion and this questioning um, and the common sense of tradition of how we traditionally did things and how two or three generations on we've thrown it all away and now we're beginning to discover a wisdom that we didn't see. When I say we, I mean our societies yeah. didn't see this this wisdom in the soil, this wisdom in how uh, the people of Honduras for thousands of years potentially have been growing food and you're expected to go there bushy-tailed and bright-eyed from a university in the Netherlands where you've discovered tropical, just studied tropical agriculture and teach them how to farm. It's, yeah, that, so, it's, it's amazingly arrogant, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so here's an example that we, we get uh, trained in, uh, in, in our Western school. And I, and we oppose our Western trend of uh, a corporate industrialized farming and tell them to go back to composting. So I go to that, which was me. My thesis was about composting. So we went, ended up in Honduras, and I go there and I say, "Don't, don't buy fertilizer, make compost." And yes. I tell them to make a heap of compost on top of the soil. And then an old man comes out of his shed and comes out of his house, and and he and he tells me, "Come, walk with me." And he goes to an area, and there was a little bit of a dip in in the soil, and he said, "Yeah, that's my compost. That's how you make compost in the tropics. Because if you." <laughs> Put it on the heap. It's too hot, and you lose everything. Isn't that funny? Isn't it? Funny? Yeah. Uh, look, it's so wonderful talking. I um, wish you all the very best. I want you to stay in touch with us, and if uh, we've got the overview, so if there's a burning topic that you'd love to cover with our audience, please uh, contact us. Um, uh, Heidi of uh, uh, Heidi. Um, uh, I actually do, Rodney. Um, we don't need to talk about it today, but what is happening, uh, there's something happening around us and we would like uh, the bigger New Zealand's um, uh, community to be... Um, more aware. More aware okay, of well, let's do that again. Do some Let connecting. Drop us an email and we'll do that. Uh, I just love what you've done. I... I um, think you're amazing and i have learned a lot which is the best cool. sort of radio you can have you're on reality yeah. check radio it's real talk with rodney Hyde. i've been talking oh how do they do this to me isn't it amazing um it's yoshi i think i did it nearing yes it is yoshi. And frank yes. van stencil Imagine this. They studied away in, I think Frank has always been a contrarian, but they studied away in the in the Netherlands, went out to Honduras and realized that we were doing agriculture wrong and teaching it wrong. And rather than just get involved telling everyone how to do it theoretically, they came to New Zealand and put it into practice and made took dirt and made soil 
and with that soil grew healthy plants and with the healthy plants grew healthy animals and with those healthy plants and healthy animals they grew healthy children and it almost sends a goosebump down your yes. body when you think of it so anyway. we've had a lovely time if you want to look them up you can go to the wire wrapper eco farm on the internet and you can learn more about the farm more about what they do and um see the pictures because there's some remarkable pictures there you're on rally check radio it's been it's real talk with rodney hyde remember send me a text 2057 email me inbox at we get we're truly blessed with the guests we get you're listening to real talk on rcr reality check radio